Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and uh, this is episode 131, with thanks to Tea Leaf Tea and Le Petit Chocolat and Yeasty Boys. And um, this is a conversation I had with Emily Wrights. This is, she is the first person to be a third time guest of the podcast. I can't remember the numbers offhand, but I think she was an episode, something like episode 14, way back. And then uh, last year, I can't remember what number, maybe somewhere around number 60 something, um, she had a chat to me again. So the first, I'll, I'll include links to those. The first chat was really about who she was and what she'd done up to that point. The second chat was was really a focus on her first book, which is called Rants in the Dark. And uh, she, that was at the start of her publicity round for that. Um, now, Emily and I are friends. We're, I've known her since before she was uh, calling herself Emily Wrights as, as a writing name. Um, so we're friends, our kids are friends, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, so we had a very special chat this time. The, the idea, I thought, uh, going into this was to talk about her new book, um, which is called Is It Bedtime Yet? and is credited to Emily Wrights and Friends. And I am one of the friends involved in that book. Basically, she chose writers from her from her in her capacity as the editor of spin-off parents she chose parents that had written articles about about their children or about parenting um, and and has put together this book some of it's previously published some of it's new and it's uh, you know it's it, the idea is a, as it's a book for you to as a parent or to give to someone who's a parent to to thumb through and have a look at these columns just different experiences from different parents the one that I wrote was about um, our decision, Katie's and my decision to have one child and one child only. So that's the piece that I wrote about. So look, we do talk a little bit about the book, but um, this this gets pretty heavy pretty quickly because we talk about um, Emily's mental health. In particular, we talk about um, a, a, an, an actual episode that happened, and she she wanted to do this. She wanted to to use this uh, this forum, this platform, this uh, whatever it is, this podcast. She wanted to use that to to talk about. Um, some stuff that had happened. She had a bad year. It's been a, you know, all of these great things get reported. She's got a book out. She's uh, appearing on radio shows. She's getting a lot of media, talking on the TV, promoting the book, doing all sorts of things. She's helped so many people. She has an incredible capacity to help and she has uh, a fan base. You know, she has people that adore her work and, and her attitude. And, um, and of course, I'm one of those people, but she has a, a huge following. Um, so you would think that's great, but obviously there's there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and there are there are difficulties in all of our lives. Uh, I feel very honoured as a, as as a you know as a friend and and as a podcaster. I I uh, didn't want to uh, I didn't want to suggest to her that we go down this path and talk about this stuff because I didn't want to look like I was trying to capitalise on it. I wanted it to be her decision, and she very quickly wanted to move into this and talk about this. So uh, I didn't really do trigger warnings, but. Um, uh, you know, the, this this require this does uh, feature some pretty heavy discussion around mental health and um, and the toll that writing online can take uh, on your life, your personal life, and protecting your family and uh, things like that. So if you don't want to listen to it because of that, or you you just want a bit of a warning, there that is. Uh, as I said, I don't usually do trigger warnings. I just let people find out for themselves what they're in for. Um, but yeah, I just felt such a huge um, uh, privilege and honour to be involved in this conversation. I wanted to stand back as much as I could and let her tell the story. Um, but I, 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 you know, I will say that 
as soon as this conversation finished, um, we just both stood up and had a huge hug. It was like something had happened. This was pretty, pretty special for us, pretty epic conversation to have, and um, pretty revealing, pretty raw, hugely honest, and um, I, you know, I would have talked to Emily about her book anyway and had her as a third time guest anyway. I, I could have never predicted it was gonna go down this path. So um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this, um, and, uh, and this is me talking once again with my friend uh, and writer, author, broadcaster, uh, activist uh, and mother, Emily writes. Giving up everything, my hungry ghost of hope So normally, I've, I, when I talk to people, I say, you know, I try to establish how we know each other, but you, you're now the first third time, <laughs> you're now the first third time podcast interviewee, so you are leading the pack. So we, we, yeah, so we talked a couple of years ago, and then we talked uh, sometime last year. And, you know, when I first talked to you for the podcast, it was about you getting yourself, I guess, established as a blogger, really, and everything you'd done before that. Then when we next talked, you had um, the book out, Rants in the Dark. It was just coming out. And you had also been... Um, you'd been in the role as editor of Spin-Off Parents and set that up. So we talked a bit about that, and, and, and I guess we'll talk about that a bit now. But um, here you are with the second book. Yeah, I th I'm pretty sure in that podcast I even was like, I'll never do another I think book. You did, yeah, and and I, I purposely decided not to listen back to it, because I think mm -hmm. that's sort of best, otherwise I'll... Because yeah. you know, if we cover some stuff again, I think that's good, because yeah. that's natural. And if I had listened back to it, I would know... Yeah. I'd be too, you know. So yeah, I think. But I think you're right. I think you said, you know, I don't yeah. think I'll be doing that. And I think, I think that's probably a pretty standard response to anyone that publishes a book. I don't think people. I don't think it's right for someone to finish a book and a publicity round around a book and then go, yeah, bring on the next one. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just not real. And I think people don't realise like how exhausting yeah how much work and draining it is, it is. And, and how the work kicks in after the book's oh, done <laughs> totally yeah yeah and then also it just feels like this looming thing ahead of you mm. and you have this real i have this real internal struggle of being like emily be grateful you've literally got what other people would be mm. so desperate mm. for um but then i also kind of am just like i'm already exhausted yeah. i'm traveling every single weekend in october and you know like um going away and having sort of back to back to back to back media things mm. and i'm not comfortable with that stuff mm. i'm not comfortable on radio um, or TV, my medium, I guess, or whatever, without sounding like too much of a wanker about it, is um, it's writing. And yeah. it's writing stuff and sitting on it for yeah. ages and, like, really going, is this going to be misread or is so, this... So have you done any or many email interviews for any of your publicity stuff? You don't see... I don't no, feel like you have. No. Why don't you do that? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that would be good. Um, I mean, actually, I do... Because people Unity do that. Books, I mean, people do um, that. Unity Books. I really enjoyed that because they just asked me about books and yeah. nobody ever does that because they're like, oh, yeah, she's a fucking mummy blogger. Yeah. She probably doesn't even read. <laughs> <laughs> she's written more yeah. books now than she's read. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, like, you know, a lot of the narrative around it is like... And then she had a baby and she worked out how to write a sentence. <laughs> you know, like, 
that I'm just as like simple as shit mm, like mum who you know and whatever like it doesn't um yeah I I guess it's just kind of like I do enjoy like the radio New Zealand yeah ones where there's a little bit more time to but then you always come out of it and go oh fuck I shouldn't have said that yeah. or the way I said like especially in the Wallace Chapman interview you buy what I don't think people realize is you're in a studio by yourself you can't see the mm. person mm. you're not having an interaction and <coughs> and you don't know the person mm-hmm. and um then you questions catch you off guard like mm-hmm. you have like he asked this question about you know all your haters or whatever and I was really caught off guard about it because I was like oh we're talking about the book and that immediately puts yeah. you in this place of like thinking about the people who totally hate you mm. and I said this like throwaway comment and then I've got heaps of grief for it and I'm like oh I wouldn't have said it that way but I'm you know people don't realize I think that you're nervous like when I came off the project my hands were shaking mm. I was terrified mm. like I, I think it's like you know people don't realize I think that it's just really quite scary sometimes doing media like I find it quite scary I mm. you know I worry so much about saying the wrong thing so I actually find those things just so draining and then mm. you do public Q&As where you're like, people will ask you in front of all these other people, like, you know, are you going to have another baby? Or, <laughs> you know, um, or like, how often do you have sex with your husband was a favourite at one of the festivals with like 100 people there. <laughs> and, you know, like, it, it is this weird thing of like, what, what can you prepare for reasonably? Like, I'm going to talk about these things and I'm going to protect my private life or my like life mm. uh, and not discuss these things but then you're caught off guard you know and people well, think because the writing is it's like what do you call this type of writing like narrative uh, I don't know I'm sure there's some wanky lit yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's like people are like oh you write about everything about your life so your life is an open book and I'm like I don't I write about like this small portion mm. of but you you do but it's true that that's the purchase people have on it and on you as a result as they think that and I'm not I'm not saying they're stupid but they think that you are opening up so much about your life so they just figure you've been so open mm. that we can pry a bit further mm. as I think what happens yeah, yeah. Um, because and they're not responsible I want to say they're not respecting it, but they just—they just—they—they uh, they think you're being such an open book. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I often am. It's yeah. Just saying, like, you know, afterwards I'm like, oh, should I, should I have said that, you know? Cause well, again, I think the thing is you, what you what you said is your medium is is writing, so so you can be an open book in book form or blog form, and the great thing is you then go away and do whatever else that people don't know about, and if yeah. you, and if you choose to tweet about it or mm. share it mm. then you do yeah. but that's also some sort of construct it's not just you it's the manufactured you yeah. that, that everyone does mm. online but when you then go out and meet people or someone bumps into you or hits you up what's happening is you don't have that mm. escape you're yeah, like, yeah you're just you don't you're, need you're, the buffer. you're yeah. on 100% and and you know you're not playing a you're not really playing any sort of character at all when you're doing your stuff you are yourself Mm. 
and so that's who you need to be when people mm. hit you up and you are but then that's why it becomes exhausting yeah yeah and I mean I think that the you know like my husband was saying to me last night um I know you're really about to hit a wall here with attention wise yeah, with yeah. the because we we're recording this like right after the big media burst from it as a yeah. bedtime yet and he's like but just remember it go it goes back to normal after a few months and it was a good reminder yeah. because you just feel like oh fuck am I gonna keep getting recognized am I gonna keep having yeah. people come up and um or, or I actually don't mind when people come up. I really enjoy that. But yeah. what I do mind is when they, like, sneaky take photos of you or if they... Um, or the kids. watch, Yeah, and the yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, if they come up and talk to the kids without asking first. Because yeah. the kids don't know. They're like, no, they don't care. Do you? They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, or, but mainly the worst thing is when they sort of watch and are like oh look at her having a go at one of her kids because they're being yeah. shit and yeah. it's like that's parenting like yeah yeah, yeah. you know it, it, nobody wants to be parenting yeah. on display you know like no, nobody yeah, exactly. wants people watching their parenting when they're having a tough time like it's interesting yesterday i was um i was eddie had gymnastics and i was there and i got this really horrible message on instagram and I started crying at gym, like sitting watching him mm. at gymnastics. And it was so embarrassing because I was like, I knew people there were kind of like, oh, that's mm. really right. because mm. you hear mm. them yeah, saying yeah. it. Yeah. Or they'll come up and be like, I really love your stuff, which is lovely. Mm. Not so lovely when you're like crying at gymnastics and looking like a, like a nutter. You yeah, know, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. look like a nutter. But you're like, you can't really say, I just got this horrible <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The, and because of the time we live in, it gets delivered like directly to you. Yeah, like yeah, in yeah, Between, yeah. hey, do you want yeah, to do a play date tomorrow? That's right. You find it, it finds you when you're not even looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> and because as well, this is the whole thing. People are like, don't look at it, don't look yeah. for it. And like, people tag me in. That's right. Yeah, they they, will they tag you it. in to be yeah. like, oh, hey, just so you know, I fucking yeah. hate your guts. Yeah. And and this one, like, they had hashtagged the book, and I'm and I have to. I get alerts on the hashtags for the book because yeah. I'm trying to collect, you know what it's like. Yeah, like yeah. I, I want to pass on all the good stuff to all the authors. Is it bedtime yet? Is a collaboration yeah. between lots of amazing writers. And I want to, every time somebody says this essay moved me, I want to be able to say, hey, thank you so much for bravely sharing your story because mm. this is what somebody said about it. So that hashtag gets pinged to me all day. Um, and this thing was just kind of like... She's disappointed me. She's in like, she's not well. That yeah. weaponizing yeah. anything yeah. I've said about mental health is a big one online, and I'm just like, it's really hard to go in between like you and I texting, being like play date tomorrow, mm. or um you know texting my husband being like pizza for dinner, and then in the middle. <laughs> Like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Or like the other one, fix <laughs> your teeth, bitch. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I did laugh at that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, of all the things to and was just it, like, there's so many more was things. Was it spelt like T-W-E-F? <laughs> I sort of imagined that when I saw you write that, I thought, I bet yeah. the person hasn't spelt Yeah. I just properly. kind of thought of all the legitimate things to not like about me and you went for my teeth. <laughs> Oh, but man. you know it's this real f crack up thing because I've started doing news talk um, yeah 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 uh, I've heard that a couple of times it, 
you know, the last one I did, this man rang up and he was like, oh, Emily, I love your laugh or something. It's made my day or something. And then one of the hosts said, my laugh is like a champagne cork popping. And I could not wipe the smile off my face. I was yeah. like, that is the loveliest thing yeah. I've ever heard about yeah. myself. And I'm super self-conscious about how my voice sounds. So it's like... It was just this really lovely yeah, thing. Yeah. I'd done the news talk thing a few times and I was like, this is really lovely. And it was funny because the week before I'd literally had a thing being like, your shrill voice makes me want to yeah, vomit. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> and like, I think I posted a screenshot yeah. from the email because it was so funny. It was like, and, and when they're like, your voice makes me want to throw up, I'm like, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you change the channel yeah, on the radio? Yeah, yeah. Why would you just vomit listening to me? Like, We've talked about this before. We might have even, I don't know if we talked about it on the last podcast, but I know you and I have talked about it and I've talked about this with people. But you wonder, like... Actually, does this mean their life's really good that that's the one thing these people are upset about? Or, that's interesting you know, or is Dad? it. Yeah. Are we having a, um, a sleepover? I don't we'll know. See how we we'll go, see how then. we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, I, um, I sort of think, like. Um, yeah, is that, is that or, concept, or, I never thought of it or, that or as you know, is is it just that the rage is so strong for mm. whatever reason about so many things that it's it's finding a frustration in everything. But either way, it makes for a very sad you know, it's, existence. It's interesting because when I got home from gym yesterday, I was crying and my husband was like, oh My God, what's wrong? you know, and I was like, Oh well, it was just a day, you know, like and someone said another really mean thing about me and he's like I'm you know like he he's really understanding about it and he's and then like he said oh let's talk about this once we've got the kids to bed mm. and all that and then he said to me I've been thinking about it and I wonder if it's like so for context you know my husband mm. but he is not on the internet well I was gonna say I think, <laughs> I think we I think we mentioned that last time that that I think one of the things that obviously he he's good for you and you for him for many yeah. reasons but I think one of the things given how you've ended up where yeah. you've found yourself in terms of your work and your public profile it might be the very best fit that you're with someone who doesn't use social yeah. media? Doesn't, doesn't I, basically doesn't be, basically doesn't believe yeah. in it. Yeah, um, like you know us both. Doesn't so igno- funny, doesn't acknowledge know. it, and <laughs> and in a way, you know, right there, if you want to talk about opposites attract, just based on yeah. those characteristics and qualities, yeah. that's that's a definition of it. I mean, but I feel like that's well, I feel like so that's got to be very yeah. good for you because well, it is. It was interesting. He's a great voice of reason. Therefore. Yeah, and he said to me, um, I feel like maybe it's like wrestling, mm. and he was like they see you as a character mm. and you're a heel mm-hmm. and I was like I'm not in my face like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know I got the concept and I actually got a message from a blogger not too long after that said a similar thing where mm. it was like you're a character that they just love to hate oh yeah I think I had that and, a bit too yeah you know, and I think that definitely. helped a bit yeah. like yeah um because I do kind of think of it as, like, yesterday I was just, I actually engaged with the person, which I very rarely do. I think I've done it a handful of times. But I just genuinely wanted to know why they, mm. why this particular person yeah, yeah. 
had because I'd seen them posting positive stuff on my page and then suddenly they'd be mm. like and I was like I wonder what happens to somebody to make them switch so quickly mm. from I love you to I hate you um and so I kind of engaged with them and it was just a pointless exercise eh because mm. they were like, you said this. And I was like, oh, I totally didn't mean it that way. I was super nervous. I mean, mm. this. And also the premise of what they thought, that I hate people who don't have children. Which, <laughs> I'm like, how is that a thing? Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, I realised there's no point to that. I was trying to get them to understand and it's like they don't want to if they've listened to I've literally done like 30 media interviews in the last fortnight mm. and it's like if they will listen to every single thing waiting for me to slip up and mm. say something that can be construed as something else then it doesn't matter what I say because they were literally like one throwaway line that was pretty clearly not what they had interpreted it, mm -hmm. it as. I'm like, there's nothing I can do. They were hanging out there's, and waiting for that. There's you nothing know? you can do. People, people, the, the, the empowerment that has happened with social media is that people are constantly writing and rewriting the narrative to, to suit them. Mm -hmm. So you can't alter anyone else's narrative. You can... You can end up in it whether you want to or not, mm. but you can't alter their their vision. Yeah. You know, so but it's like it doesn't stop you from no, of course not wanting to try. No, of course, and that's what I've got to get over. To, yeah, because you're trying really to you're really just trying to understand it. it. Yeah, I and think. I've got to get over it. Like mm. I mean, I got this really. Um, my friend said to me, she's like, "How long are you gonna let assholes take up so much of your time?" And, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Fuck, that's real." Like, and I need to stop and I think that you know I've had other people who, with much higher profiles than me um, who are like who get way way more hate than me mm. and I've wondered why they can handle it and I can't and mm. I've straight up asked them and they're like because I get iron shit loads more than you do I'm like this is part of my job but this isn't a job like, for me you know like I go to work who's, gi who's giving you that advice name someone oh. <laughs> no no I mean not, no the none. cone of silence no, no well just, I mean just, I've talked just to out lots of, of people like um high profile people like Anika Moore yeah incredible. yeah yeah um Ali Mao yep. and more Ali Moore yeah. always you know and um, lots of women who yeah. are you know um, who've talked to me about who've gone in touch like yeah. actually women in media are really quick to to stop in and go hey I can see mm. some of the horrible stuff you're getting but just so you know we've hit out and it is this disengagement that you yeah. have to have you yeah. know and I got tired as well of being sort of the voice of you know women in media who get abused <laughs> like I was like I don't want to do that anymore yeah yeah but and it's funny because here I am talking about it yeah, and yeah. we straight went into it and but I think it's just top of my mind at the moment because yesterday I really just felt like quitting yeah and I got some really great messages from some you know high profile people and I think the thing is, it's like, for me, this isn't a job yet. And I mm. wonder if maybe I would feel differently if I was compensated yeah, for yeah, yeah. the hate. Um, 
Look, I had that. It's I had like, that. Yeah. I had that going on when yeah. I was doing the stuff blog. Mm. I, I, the perception that you're a lot of people had yeah. was that that was my gig, mm. and that I was and paid. And not, author only, and not yeah. only that I was paid well for it, but you know, when they wrote their angry comments, I got even more money. <laughs> that I was, you know, I was paid by the yeah. click and all this yeah. sort of garbage. Gosh. And there was just none of that. So so I do understand that, definitely. Mm. And, and I yeah. think, yeah, like, there is this idea that in New Zealand, if you put a book out, you're rich. Yeah. yeah and yeah. you put two, two books out, you're, like, loaded. Yeah, you're, like, yeah. um, gold-plated dunny or something. And it's like, the, there's no... There's no truth to that. Like you know, mm. I know. We have mm. day jobs, and um, and so it's hard to flick the switch. Yeah, and be yeah. like, I'm here to be and <laughs> have shit. And, and I think the the at the core of it is your real. I mean, social media is a lot of different things for 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 a lot of different people, but when you're doing something in the public eye or or something even just something creative. Um, one of the main reasons for social media is is essentially you're your own marketer. You mm. it's yeah. promotion. And so even though it's yeah. yeah yeah yeah, like, everyone feels a bit shit about it. Even the yeah. people that look brazen mm. that come across as yeah. shamelessly pushing yeah. the same thing down, yeah, yeah. they deep down go, God, I sort of hate myself a bit for having to do this. But oh, the, totally. but the alternative yeah. is nothing you know? like yeah I and, mean, and facebook and well all of them twitter you know instagram whatever all of them they are just really important tools of our trade i got um banned for a week from facebook mm. for sharing a music video that god forbid has you know mm. side boob and when i say music video is a painting <laughs> by a famous artist and it's a daniel lanoir record so it's not you know, Nicki Minaj or whatever, something that could be perhaps seen as provocative. It's It was a still photograph that I didn't even know was in the music clip. I just, you know, it came up halfway through. Next thing I'm told, you're off, you're banned for a week. Now, I had Which actually, is amazing when women get rape threats in there. Yeah, and it, totally. And yeah, exactly. Facebook is exactly. the devil and they, we have to use it. Roast, <laughs> Roastbusters was allowed to yeah. exist and have a yeah. Facebook page, but I can't share mm-hmm. really good music. Now, I actually loved my week off Facebook. It was mm. really good for me in a lot of ways. But I had no motivation to write anything mm. for my site because yeah. the audi- a huge part of the yeah. audience comes from that. Yeah. Now, again, it's quite nice to have a break. Yeah. It was the school holidays, so the timing was Mm-mm. wonderful. And I had a really... And I actually made me think, man, they need to build a thing into these things because we all need a, a sort of help with this. Um, they need to actually build into the conditions that you agree to have... Uh, a forced week or two off every yeah, six months. Yeah. It made me think that's the thing. Anyway, the the, the, the point of that was when you step back from not mm. doing it, 100%. It's, it's great, but also, mm. unfortunately, it's it makes mm. you realise how necessary it is. Yeah, Zuckerberg a, fucking owns us. Like, yeah. Zuckerberg, if, he, if Facebook went Well, he doesn't tomorrow, own your husband. <laughs> but if Facebook went tomorrow, my career would be dead. Yeah, isn't if it, you can it, call it a career, but it would be dead in the water. Like, yeah, yeah. it'd be nothing. And I've talked about and, this before. Like, I when I wrote my book, I got hold of lots of people through Facebook, yeah. for example. And that was years ago. Like, it's we've we've got yeah. far more, um, you know, it's far I more mean, ensconced like, in our life since then. Twitter... I had about 6,000 people when I quit. Yeah. And I quit during the, yeah, the incidents. And um, I have not missed it yeah. whatsoever. Like, yeah. 
my life became so much less about like the abuse on Twitter was yeah, yeah. taking over everything and I started to not feel like a human being anymore like I started to yeah, actually really the way it affected my mental health was terrifying mm. like the fact that I could almost lose everything over people on Twitter people on Twitter who actually it's... hate me so much that that would actually, I feel, be quite pleased if, if something happened. Well, look, know. and the thing that I want to say about that is, like, like I would check in with you every now and then just as a, as, like a, as a friend does. I would just send you a message and go, hey, hey, and I wouldn't even necessarily be aware of a particular mm-hmm. thing that would happen. And I know full well that you have people in your life that are all over that mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. way more than I am and that are closer to you and have got your back, and yet, you still are so hugely vulnerable. Mm. It still gets yeah. to you. You know, it's yeah. still uh, the fact that it's even necessary for people to check in on people mm. like that is, is a worry. Yeah. But then, what what's it even doing if the impact of it is already hit? And it's like, yeah, it's like, um, you know, post traumatic yeah. damage control. Yeah, I mean, back when I had to go off Twitter, um, so my husband forced me to have a week off, and I was not well I was in hospital I was really unwell um mentally through that and he had to physically like take my phone take my ipad because I was like the pressure to work and your work is online and like Mm. your job is online and you know but I was these people were killing me like they Mm. I felt truly like for somebody to hate me this much they must want me dead Mm. and like the noise becomes such that you can't hear anything else like um you know it was so aggressive and so many people joining in and I just kind of felt like they were talking about another person that wasn't me like Mm. I was like how did so people will talk about like what did I do people will talk about you know concepts like the 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 fog in their head mm. or the bubble mm. or the bubble that they're in that they they can't get out mm. of that know that they should and what you're describing there to me sounds like kind of like a fog within a fog yeah. you know mine was like mine was like i felt like everything was screaming at me mm. i felt like i couldn't but you see. couldn't hear any of it no i couldn't like i i couldn't discern it work out what to do mm. and I kept it from my husband mm. because I was like he he you know he's very understanding and all that but I didn't know how to say to him there's this honey there's this thing called the internet like, <laughs> for a well, start also it's like I didn't know how to say to him there's people mm. sharing our address mm. and people saying where we work mm. because they're upset over this very minor thing mm. that has yeah. been turned into this enormous, enormous thing. And I didn't know how to say to him, oh, there's these people who really hate me, so they wait for something like this to happen, and then they all jump in yeah. to share their stories about how much they hate me. Like, do you know how crazy that sounds? Mm. And when you're actually going crazy because of it, mm. it's like crazy on crazy, you know? And um, so it was awful. And, like, since, like I just felt like maybe I can keep my family safe from all these people who were writing about I know what school her kids are at, I know um, 
I know her address, I know where she works, I know, you know, all this stuff. I know her real name. Yeah, yeah. I know that's her the, real that's name. That's the big one, isn't know? that, for you? Like, and it is a big one for me because mm. I have always written under a pseudonym because I want to protect my children, you mm. know, like, and then it was like, how could she ever expect that mm. when she shares photos of her children online, like, she utterly deserves mm. people to come after her, was the whole thing. And I just felt like, at this point it was on all platforms and they were emailing and people were emailing screenshots from private groups where people were saying like we're going to destroy her we, she's going to be homeless after this legal action and all this and it was real like I couldn't work out suddenly what had happened and it just felt like screaming in my head and then that kind of turned into this idea of god what if I can't protect my children my literal only job in this mm. world is to protect my kids what if I can't do that and then I just snapped and I just really lost I don't know how to say it other than to say I lost my mind and I am really lucky that I just am so grateful that I'm still here and mm. the only reason why I'm still here is like Wellington Free Ambulance and like police and um and you know I yeah I ended up in hospital I mean you know this and my friends know this but I've never talked about it publicly mm. and the reason why I haven't is because it's weaponized against me you know like this idea that oh she tried to kill herself she's a mental case you know people think New Zealand's this really progressive place and it's not it's not mm. progressive mm. the stigma is so strong that it's like the amount of times I get she's mental she's unstable she's a nutter she needs help she needs help is such a common one that's really concern troll you can disregard anything that I say mm. and and put yourself as the authority or whatever on mm. something by putting well, me down in that way. Yeah, what I've found, and I think it would be the case with you and your situation hugely, but what I've found in general, and I guess a little bit from my own experience, is that when you... I guess what we're really talking about is just human decency and empathy mm. because when you share a vulnerability... And people think that you're obviously tough and brazen and, and because you share stuff mm. about yourself. So when you share a vulnerability, your, your fans, your supporters, your friends, the people that like what you do and understand it, they take that and it means something to them. And the people that are kind of waiting to see you fail for whatever reason, because mm. they have some... Mm vendetta or frustration or they just want to see the world burn that's like oddly that's the worst thing you can do for them like you know yeah. it, 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 they 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 great you know they've shown them a weakness and i can yeah. use that against them and, and i think this that's is the thing i can get her yeah exactly when I'm i message her at 2am yeah this is the thing i can be like like i remember mm. the first time i talked about feeling suicidal um and i automatically got a message somebody had set up a twitter account to send me this message and it was like do you want some pills to finish the job and like i really when i thought about you know i we talked about this you and i mm. a long time ago mm. i've talked to my friends about it my friends at the time knew um and and it was heartbreaking to kind of sit there and tell people you really care about and be like, oh, fuck, we almost didn't get to stay 
friends in this world, you know? Yeah. And I just think it's like I... It's not a failing on somebody's part if they can't cope anymore, you know? And I think that we feel like, why doesn't she just not read the comments? Or why doesn't she do this or that? And it's like, why don't you see that my kids almost didn't have a mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, and is that worth it? Mm. Is the, is what I leave behind worth it, you know? And I'm in a really good place now, which is why I can talk about it, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt. It's still... You don't quickly get over something no. like that happening. You don't quickly get over, you know, almost losing everything. Mm. And my husband rushing into emergency room with, I'll never in my life ever forget that, the love of my life terror on his face you know and Mm. I just I don't know how to I'm learning a lot about you know reminding myself that I'm loved and important but when you automatically don't feel that great about yourself because of a, a whole bunch of things like maybe the voice in your head from how from growing up Mm, or what mm. people have said if you think about the worst thing you've ever thought about yourself Mm. and then you imagine all these other people saying it to you publicly like Mm. I don't think that we as human beings I don't think we should get used to that I don't think we're like made to be able to cope with that Mm. like I I think and you get to a level I think where you can tune it out where it's like you're so famous and you've got your money and you've you can just do the work that you love and then you can tune it out but you can't when you're like a low level yeah 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 like when you're just a low level blogger trying to make life a little bit easier for mums yeah <laughs> like, yeah 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 like I'm just this you know like yeah it, the viciousness like catches me Mm. That's what I. Mm. That's what I struggle with because you kind of go. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm I feel like I'm. Yeah, each time I think, oh, I can cope with this, and then I can't, and mm. I don't. I am a very thin-skinned person, but also I think that's. I just don't think I can change that about myself. So it's like I have to do other things mm. around it, like take social media breaks, like you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um, Remind yourself of yeah. all sorts yeah. of things outside of not just yeah. that, but, yeah. but anything Turning else that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Turning my phone off yeah, yeah. the park with the kids. Yeah, leaving the phone yeah. at home. Yeah, or and in another spending room, time all of those with my things. husband. Yeah. And, um, and things like I've got this beautiful, um, like little box full of really lovely handwritten letters and things that people have brought to events and all that and I sit Mm. and read those Mm. um and I try to remind myself which is great which is great because I was actually just gonna say like I don't know I mean I've read this somewhere it's pretty common knowledge I can't remember where I read it recently but you know it's basically an aspect of human psychology that you can fill a person's head with positive things mm. but the one negative thing oh, is, totally. is, is always the thing that sticks right yeah. and so we, we have this it's like a default setting we, yeah. we want to fix the thing that we identify as being wrong mm. or 
you know, we just, or we fixate on why someone's unhappy about a particular mm. thing about us or, yeah. or why we're unhappy about a particular thing about yeah. us. I don't know. And, it, you know, how do, how do we get past that? Like, and I think it takes a lot of training to, yeah. to, to get past that. And I think it's even worse kind of yeah. if you have like these groups, <laughs> if you have these groups of things together, Yeah. you know, like I think I'm potentially like possibly one of the least suited people to this type of work like I really <laughs> but, do but that's I'm, funny that happens all the time yeah too. and yeah. like I'm I have I've always been an anxious nervous person yeah, yeah. um I've always overthought everything yeah. like every conversation I have with people I've yeah. always been like that I've always been a really bad sleeper which yeah. is probably why I had bad sleepers but um you know so I'm the type of person who who is up during the night, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who is overthinking every fucking yeah, thing, yeah. who isn't comfortable in public situations. Yeah, struggles to turn your head off yeah. and then yeah. gets it filled yeah. with things. Yeah, so that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like the least yeah. suited person but you know, to do it. I, I, I've interviewed loads of musicians. You've interviewed some musicians mm-hmm. and some other creative people. And it, it's a common thing, isn't it, that you ask someone about, you know, oh, how did you, you know, mm. how did you find your way doing, you know, you're such mm. an incredible performer, and they're like, I, I'm incredibly shy. Yeah. I don't, yeah. you know, oh, well, how can you do that? Oh, because yeah. I'm playing a character. Yeah. And that's what I mean. As much as you're yeah. presenting a real version of yourself, mm. there is this construct thing happening that Emily, the writer, mm. is writing about Emily's life, but Emily, the writer, is for those seconds or moments, mm. hours yeah. when she exists, it is actually yeah. a slightly different person. Yeah, confident it's, yeah. and yeah. you know, empowered and you yeah. know, like I remember somebody like yelling out across the street at me something super sexual, which would have been hilarious online because yeah. that's how I talk. That yes. whole yeah. you know, like um the Tarzan thing or whatever, which I you know mm. like I find that mortifying mm. in real life to talk about the Tarzan thing. Yeah, yeah. I die yeah. every time anybody brings it up. <laughs> but they said it and I actually like my body I just wanted to turn <laughs> inside out. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed like you know, but you are just like And yeah. so here we've <laughs> and so here here is here is I think where we've actually hit on something that we probably both could have got to a bit quicker but um, is that when people are meeting you they are meeting the version of you that they understand mm. and they're not and it, well, actually it's not even about when people are meeting you because as mm. you've said most of the people you meet they mm. want to meet you, they're mm. very nice to you yeah, and they're, they're, lovely, and they're respectful yeah. but when you interact with people is a better way of saying it because that encompasses the good and the bad when you interact with people they are interacting with you based around what they know about you. So they kind of, in a weird way, have the upper hand. Yeah, it's, and a, it's they a total are expecting, power imbalance. Exactly. And they, are, <laughs> and they are expecting you to behave in a way they've already got you pegged mm. for. Mm. And this comes back to that thing of you can't change the way anyone wants mm. to write their narrative. So if you behave differently... Mm. I mean, the number of times I've had, like... A whole conversation with someone that I've thought's gone really well, and then the finishing is, you know, you're actually not a cunt, and I thought you were. And yeah. it's like I, I, I got that impression, yeah. buddy. We've just been talking for half an yeah. hour, you know. I mean, it is, it is this. That's weird. You know, the concept. This is like the concept of exposure in mm. writing. Like you don't get paid, you get exposure. Yeah. When you're like, I don't fucking want exposure, yeah. but actually, isn't exposure a word for like hypothermia? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's also, what it fucking is. <laughs> but also, that's what it's like 
immediately after the press tour or something when you're public because mm. after this for me I won't do more it will go down mm, and mm. it will go back to life as normal but you were exposed mm. you were at the airport exhausted mm. waiting for your plane and your kid is spinning out mm. and you are exposed like yep. it feel when you have anxiety it feels like everybody's watching you and they hate you when you <laughs> when you have like a public profile even if it's a temporary thing yeah it feels like like there are literally people mm. watching you going, mm. is that the girl and is that, mm. you know, mm. blah, blah, blah. And so they literally are watching you mm. and sometimes taking a photo and sometimes coming up right when you're trying to negotiate this difficult parenting moment. Mm. Um, so it's like that to me is this weird exposure thing. Like I feel exposed after being on TV or something like that. Um, where I just kind of feel like there's this that I would say honestly like 99% of people who come up to me are lovely and it's such a wonderful interaction it reminds me why I'm doing this mm. so my mm. thing isn't that I don't want people coming up no. to me it's that when those will come up and be like I really hated that piece that you wrote. Mm. And all of a sudden I'm like, do you have to tell me though? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I would never go up to somebody and be like, oh, remember that assignment you worked on? <laughs> like, I'm sure you're pretty pleased with how it turned out, but I fucking hated it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, there's no other kind, like, I don't want to publicly, I don't want to face-to-face -face disagree with people on things mm. because I'm like, I don't know what to say. I tried really hard to couch this in a way that it wouldn't upset or offend anybody. It's just mm. kind of... I don't write about controversial stuff, like, mm. um, but yeah, it, it is that idea of just this, I will talk to people and be like, oh, I've made a new friend, mm. and then mm. they'll be like, oh, and by the way, I know your Emily writes, and it's like, oh, it just feels weird mm. and off mm. then, mm. like, can I be myself, have I been to myself, like, mm. have mm. I said something that wasn't, um, you know, that could be misconstrued and then they can go and say, oh, I saw Emily Wright, she was mm. a, you know, I talked to her at the pool or something like that and she, like, said her kid was an asshole or something. Yeah, yeah. And it might be, like, this throwaway comment I made that I would never in a million years say online. Yeah. And then it, it ends up Yeah, this online, is this interesting know. thing, too, around, um, I guess, uh, you know, ownership of our 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 thoughts, our mm. ideas, like if, if someone can take them and post them, I mm. mean, that's that, then they own them. Yeah. And they, yeah. They're, they're, they're writing the script for, for yeah. us around a throwaway comment. And then people read it and mm. they go, I knew there was something I knew that about, about yeah, yeah, I knew that there about was, Nobody is really yeah, <laughs> likes yeah. children that much. Yeah. I knew she was a cunt. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and it's just this great justification mm. of like, Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and then you're back full circle again because yeah. you see that because they tagged you into yeah, it, and you're like, right. "Do I say? Or, do I say? Oh, hey, I shouldn't have said that. I was, I'm exhausted. I made a throwaway comment. I didn't realize I w we were having mm. a public interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or do you just go? I'm gonna leave this here, even though I've been tagged into it, and they want me to say it. Mm. Um, do I try to or, just, you know, or they don't, or they don't, or they don't tag you, but the concerned friend who yeah, re who really, yeah. who really has your well-being yeah. at heart sends it to you and says, mm. 
have you seen this? And then that's what I say, yeah. you can't avoid this stuff yeah, because um, people, the, it gets to you, it finds yeah. you, I mean, it, it finds, finds you. you. You don't need to go looking yeah. for it, it finds you. And the thing is, some people will be like, what kind of friends do this? And mm. it's like, I actually have been really clear with people being mm. like, I don't want to see this stuff. Mm. And my friends are great. If anything, they're telling me, don't look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but what actually happens, what I get a lot of is people who actually like my writing mm. sending it to me saying, is this true? Mm. Did you really say mm. that people without children should be executed? <laughs> <laughs> and like, but, you know, and they're genuine. Like, they're like, I like you and this worries me that <laughs> potentially you you know, punch your kid in the face in the supermarket, you know, and I'll be like, no, I didn't punch my kid in the face, I yeah. must have been somebody else. <laughs> and, um, like, or, no, I didn't say that, what I said was this, mm. and somebody who does not like me has chosen to spread that around, that that's what I said, here's the link so you can listen to the audio, and, yeah. you know, so, um, so often... The way I'm seeing this stuff I'm not tagged into is by people um, sending me saying, yeah. is this true? Yeah, because yeah. I want to make sure that it's not, which mm. I get, you know, mm. I definitely before said, like the funniest example of this is a million years ago I tweeted Stephen Fry. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, said right. to him, "Were you misquoted?" Yeah. Because there was this horrible quote attributed to him, and I genuinely thought it was going to come back and be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't say that," and that's why I did it because I was like, "This is so not mm. Stephen Fry." And instead, he like tweeted it out to his sixty million people, <laughs> and for like weeks, I had all these fucking dude bros like ripping the shit out. Was me. that? Yeah, that's right. Was that like probably the first? Significant action on that level. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was, was wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I meant. That was a long time ago. So that was I. I do. That was when that. I had a feminist blog that nobody read. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, it's now I'm like I realise now why he probably in frustration. Yeah. Like tweeted out about me. Mm. Um. But it's a weird one, though, because I want people, I really appreciate the chance to clarify. Mm, mm. So it's a weird thing. Like, when people send me that, I'm, like, grateful, not because I've seen it, but grateful that they've given me the opportunity mm. to explain. Because what it is, is assuming positive intention about somebody. And that is so powerful and important to assume positive intention about <laughs> people. To assume that they're not awful to mm. assume that they're people who love their kids and love their their partners and mm. um have who aren't trying to hurt people like it must be a, a fucking shit place to live your life looking at people and thinking they are like they must they're awful i don't know i just mm. i really struggle with the assume positive intention thing because mm. i've said things to people before where i've kind of been like well i get that you don't like me i don't like me much either some days and they're like oh is this false modesty is this false and i'm like i'm talking to you i'm a human being mm. talking to you a human being why don't you assume some fucking positive intention about me that i'm not in trying to fucking you know do you think that um do you think that uh, 
because you, not just you, most people that are writing, I guess the sorts of things you and I have written, opinion based mm. things largely, uh, commentary around mm. particular issues or products, um, I feel like one of the things people think is, oh, the so-called expert. Yeah. And so, <gasps> yes. right, and so that, right. if that's their, if that's their, where they're coming at it from, then they figure you must think yourself to be mm. a bit of a know-it-all in general. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, your comment then was, is as, as mm. profound. Well, actually, yeah, mm. sometimes, some days I don't like myself either. Mm. I think people are expecting that you probably think you've got it all figured mm. out. And yeah. again, it comes to that thing, I say, if you show any sort of vulnerability, yeah. uh, to use your term yeah. from before, it's weaponized mm. against you, it's used yeah. against you, rather than embraced as, oh, we're all just people. We're all just trying and to find our is, fucking way. This is so true about the expert thing. Mm. At no point fucking ever have I called myself a parenting expert. Mm. I'm, I'm You've got experience because you are one. That's, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. astonished by the idea that anybody would read anything I wrote and think I'm an expert. The mm. whole thing is tied around every piece of writing I've ever done mm. is tied around the idea that I'm trying to figure it out. Mm. Writing is therapy to me. Yep. I'm somebody who needs therapy, yep. you know, and writing yep. is my therapy. When I write something and put it out into the world, I'm just as much saying, does this resonate with you? Mm. Does it make sense to you? Because I'm sitting here going, fuck, am I really fucking up parenting here? But this idea that somebody could just be going does like have you ever felt this way mm. or or I am so exhausted I don't know why parenting is so hard at this point in my life mm. I don't think they realize that you're literally just putting that out there to see if anybody else is at can embrace as well that experience and yeah can, can, go, can speak to it you know I find it so you know people will be like oh she's seeking validation I'm like fuck yeah well, mm. Since when is that a bad thing? Mm. Since when is seeking validation for your thoughts to try and work out whether you're nuts or not? Mm. How is that a bad thing? Mm. How is it wrong? And when you're trying to build community and raise children in this like communal sort of way where we all look out for each other, how is seeking validation a bad thing? And, you know, the news talk things, they had said we've got our parenting expert. Mm. And this person who writes shit about me all the time was like, oh, I thought you were getting a real expert. And I'm like... <laughs> Not a fake one. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I've never called myself that. Yeah. But also, if I get asked to do a TV show or radio or an interview or something, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm trying yeah. to make money to support yeah, my yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I'm not an expert. Mm, like, mm. I'm going to say, how much is the gig? Mm. Like, you know? Mm. And, I'm, and of course I have views about raising children that I want to share. Yeah. Like, of course I have views about um, helping mums. It doesn't mean you think you're right. If anything, you're questioning no. it. You're questioning yeah. if your way makes yeah. sense to someone else but it, also you know? there are things that I absolutely do know now which is like that you have to ask for help when you need mm. it that you have to reach out when things are when the noise is screaming in your head and am I going to tell people that fuck yeah I am because I don't want I don't want people to die I don't mm. want mums to lose their fucking lives so yeah I'm going to say that and and I'm going to yeah I mean it's yeah, it, it, that is a really true thing.
that expert thing and the idea that you know people are just so angry like how do you fill the space with your opinions and I'm just kind of like I'm just trying to process things and share it and this is where I'm mm. at mm. and where I'm at is is having Penguin approach me for a book I did not approach them either time yeah. where I'm at is media coming in asking for me to comment on things and me going okay if I don't who is and is that going to be a positive influence for parents is there going to be somebody speaking mm in that space for mums and am I going to get paid mm. and by being paid I can pay my rent you know like mm. it's it's kind of this thing where people are just like I'm like if you go back to that assume positive intention thing maybe it's like she's just trying to get by um we were talking about um just how shit people are <laughs> we were talking about just how just how shit people are yeah. online which is really the, th the theme of it and how shit <laughs> The people that are towards us and whoever else, how shit they obviously think we are. And so it's an awful spiral. <laughs> it's, it's an awful spiral I mean, that we're never going to solve. We're never going to yeah. conquer. No, because there's no there's no winning. You mm. try to help them understand, then your yeah. then your nutcase yeah. needs to get or, help. <laughs> or, you, or you're aggressive for defending yourself. Yeah, and it's or, just a joke, yeah, yeah. remember? It's just a yes, joke. Or, yes, yes. You know, and... Um, or, or you use humour in your writing, so yeah. how come you can't handle how it you when you... take a joke, yeah. you know. Um, Even though the idea of a joke is go kill yourself, or yeah, yeah. this is where they live, yeah, or this, this is, is where they where, work, yeah, you know, yeah. fire them, or like, turn up and abuse them. It's just trying to be funny when I rang your work <laughs> and tried to make sure you lost your livelihood, you know, like... <laughs> It was so funny. You just had to be there. <laughs> so, so, but I mean, it's, it's funny this idea that you know, like I think they must look at me and think I'm this wretched, miserable person who like sits in their room mm. all day and like, mm. you know. And they, I don't think they understand that you have like this great circle of friends, this wonderful, happy life. This, mm. you know, like. Yeah, I've had someone say, oh, I think that she just is in an, in an unhappy marriage, which is a hysterical <laughs> way to describe yeah. me and yeah. my husband because we're those sickening people who are quite, <laughs> if not more in love than when we met like 17 years ago. Mm. But um, yeah, it, but it is funny. It's But I guess it goes both ways because I look at them and I think, gosh, how, how, what a terrible life to sit around reading all my stuff. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't... I'm like God. I don't even read at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always had that response too. And I had when I had people that say, you know, I really don't like what you write. I've read it all. I would think, well, what's the point in that? Like, mm. and and uh, you know, it's 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 weird that people do that. So, you know, you don't need me to tell you this, but you've through all of this, you've cultivated a series of really strong networks. And um, communities. It isn't just the one. You have, you have fans of your writing and what you do, and then friends outside of that that are supportive in that. But you've really built. I really want to talk because we talked a bit about it last time. But you've really built this strong community at and through spin-off parents. Mm. And I guess, um, well, that's that's important to the whole yeah. point of the second book too. Um, but. So you do have, you know, we, we did talk about how, yeah, 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 you can say all these positive things, but we're going to fixate mm -hmm. on the one negative. But and then you, we literally talked about it. And that's all we've done. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, you, do, you have had a lot of 
impact you haven't just had people telling you what you do is great you've had a lot of impact on a lot of I see it if I share something you've written then I have friends who maybe don't know you at all um, but they like your work or they like spin-off parents or both and they'll and they'll say things and on posts that I share of yours saying things like you know we just love Emily in our house we love what she stands for we love what yeah. she's about, and you you know this already. That's but nice. then you Makes you know, it's lovely to hear. It never isn't it though? It's great. It's being yeah. like the loveliest thing when people are putting out all this kindness your way. And well, I think one of the things too is sorry to cut you off, but one of the things is if it's an escape that people have to say these nasty things, and then facetiously, jokingly say, oh, "I didn't really mean them. Just toughen up. Mm. You're fair game." I don't think anyone says something positive without meaning it mm. so yeah, it, you true. know so yeah. that's that's the that's makes it even more odd that we might fixate on the negative stuff oh, and totally, not the positive because right? the positive stuff is actually yeah. real that's what and people it's think so like the generosity and kindness of parent of the parenting community mm-hmm. is so at odds i think with like this idea of the mummy wars and yeah. you know because the kindness of that community you will know being a parent it's like it's quite overwhelming at times Mm. the way that that groups will just you know somebody's child has been diagnosed with cancer and everyone will quickly set up and give a little Mm. put money and then start filling the chest freezer up with meals yeah you know um the the truest thing for me as to why i you know, why I started to write was quite simple. It was popular. I'm not, I've never mm. denied that. It mm. just, that first post went off and I went, well, fuck me. Yeah. I'll keep writing as long as people keep reading. Mm. But I did reach this point where I go, where I said, do I want to keep doing this? And that was quite early on. Mm. Only a couple of months. And I was like, do I want to keep putting myself, like, keep writing, keep, you know. And the thing was, I... I've been, our family has so profoundly benefited from the parenting community mm. because, as you know, with Eddie, you know, we nearly lost him and it was mm. terrifying. Mm. And, um, you know, you had Oski before mm. um, we had Eddie, but we've always, our families have always been super close and the boys have always mm. loved each other. Mm. And this idea that Eddie might not be playing with Oscar in the room right now, making the Eddie mm. and Oscar. What is it? Eddie and Oscar movie. Yeah. Um, But, you know, when that happened, um, of course, we didn't have Ronnie out second or anything, but we were just... My antenatal group, who I'd known for seconds, Mm. basically rallied, had... I had meals dropped to me three times a day at the hospital. I would have breakfast made for me every morning. They'd come in with, like, you know, made-at-home muesli, really healthy stuff to keep me going... You know, like, they... Oh, it was just actually overwhelming. People mm. would, from our, the parenting community, parents I hadn't met, because um, we had no network of parents. We were brand-new parents, and mm. our son was in intensive care. But we had people who didn't know us, who'd heard from somebody else, from somebody else, or their child's in ICU, and they would just give, like, envelopes of cash. And mm. you know how, it, like, it's so expensive when you mm. have a child in hospital. Mm. And then when Ron ended up in hospital and he was on a um, he was on a breathing um, an RSS 
thing or whatever where they breathe for you or whatever and there was this big thing of does he have the same condition that Eddie has and it turns out it was just severe bronchiolitis but um, at the time I had somebody who I had met once through crash um, give like a handful of um, coffee vouchers they'd gone to the hospital mm. to the coffee shop and asked can I pay for 10 coffees you know that to me all the people reaching out being like I've been there it's really hard can, you know it that to me I carry that with me like every single day that if I can do I could never and with these books with the writing I could never come close to how generous the community's been to me so mm. it just feels like fuck I'm lucky to be able to do anything that might provide comfort for another parent when I've been so lucky to have been so comforted by the parenting community and also it just fucking gets on my tits how the media is so brutal about parents mm. like the narrative around mums is horrible mm. like these people with fucking chips on their shoulder about kids making noise in public spaces and yeah. And, oh, these parents were in this cabin and we're talking loudly about their births. And it's like, oh, fuck off. Just stop eavesdropping on people. Mm. I'm like, you know, like, it infuriates me. I'm like, leave these poor women alone. They're exhausted. Mm. Mm. You know, and just the whole, you can't do anything right. You can't, I mean, parenting is right with judgment. And just, like, this weird tension, aggression thing from people who, people have grown kids and it's like they turn around and suddenly forget what it's like to be a parent and mm. they like dig the knife in mm. you know so I feel super motivated to do to write things that maybe connect with people but the great thing is after the spin-off because I was so fucking tired of my own voice and there's no diversity in, in mummy blogging it's like mm. white rich mm. hetero you know like um it's a type mm. you know mm. we know that yeah. you know and yeah. I um you know here I was broke as shit trying to you know but trying to avoid all of those things like people posting their beautiful houses with their beautiful kids and yeah. to me that's what mummy blogging is mm. you know um but the greatest thing with the spin-off parents and the spin-off parents I mean I love that place it means so much to mm. me um is that I would read these pieces that people would, you know, these women and men would write to me and they would say, um, I'm not a writer, but here's my story. And I'd just be like reading it like, this is beautiful writing. Mm. This is, I'd be crying reading it. Like the piece, it was so hard choosing stuff from, for the book because, mm. you know, there were like just a whole year of four days a week, amazing pieces and then one day mine, um, uh, there was just so much to choose from, so much that was important, so much that was like vital conversation so starters. And it's it's probably impossible at this point to think that anyone has listened this far through and needs clarification of what this book is we're talking about. But just in case, your second book is called Is It Bedtime Yet? Yep. And it's actually credited to Emily Wrights and Friends. Yeah. And it's a, a collection of previously published pieces in a lot of cases from the spin-off mm. parents. Yeah. So it's you it's you have mm. here's this awful word, but you have curated this, yeah. you have chosen this, you've mm. edited it. Yeah. Um and so it it strikes me that your books, plural 
um, perfectly align themselves with where you're at and what you're trying to do. Mm. At, you know, the first book which we talked about last year, Rants in the Dark, was the summation of mm. this person who just sent a little missive out into the world mm. to see if anyone was listening and then mm. ran with it because people were. Yeah. And yep. that's what Rants yep. in the Dark was and is. Yeah. And then the community that that built and that the spin-off parents has built is encapsulated, mm. summarised um, in... Is it bedtime yet? Yeah, that's totally it. And um, what I really... Like, I think that people have this, like, thing of, oh, these pieces are already published. A lot aren't, but mm. the, on the whole, they are. They're from the spin-off parents. But the reason was, was because I wanted something that can sit with you. Mm -hmm. You know, something that you can look to in the night mm -hmm. when there's nobody else there. Or pieces that you can mark and remind yourself to go back and mm. read them. Like, there are so many, and there are pieces that people miss. I was like, this is this yeah. writing is too good not to live on in mm. some kind of volume, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, I think it's just sometimes as well we don't read things because we think they don't apply to us. But the the one of the things that I have picked pieces based on is that they appear to be about one thing, but they're actually about another. Like your piece about um, whether or not to have another child is actually, to me, it's about that, but it's also about um, what do we view as success in this world, mm. and how do we, what weight do we put on happiness as, you mm. know, this mm. worthy goal and once you have it how precious it is and how we don't measure that in any way like we don't we measure our lives and mm. how many ch some people measure mm -hmm. other people's lives and how many children did you have you know and if you didn't have children then your life is considered less worthy and that's an awful mm. premise like what a mm. horrendous thing you can bookmark as many links as you like but and I, you know, we all do a lot of reading online, but th this is where there is comfort in a book. And yeah. so I think that's why, it first of all, that's why it deserves to be a collection because there's that. But also, I don't know what the magic trick is, but, and it was the same with Rants in the Dark, but they end up reading differently mm. on the page. Mm. They do, they on do. The, on the paper page rather than on the screen. Mm. You, you, you yeah. come to them with a different, set of eyes or something and you know there is no i see very little respect for the genre as it were of mm. writing about mm -hmm. parenting mm -hmm. people will call me a mummy blogger as an insult it's yeah. derogatory they're trying to be yeah. they will say i don't get it you've got a blog and you're a mum you're a yeah. mummy blogger and i'm like you're saying it in a way to say that what i'm saying or mm. writing isn't mm. worth anything and it may not be worth anything to you, but you don't get to say that it's worth yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we see men writing about, um, if a man writes about, uh, if a well-known male columnist writes about his kids once, it's like, holy shit, like, what a, yeah. like, you know, blow all, this, all day. You all, know, like, all the stuff you do, plus you've taken time out to yeah, write about your kids yeah, once as well. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it's like just this total... Yeah. 
worship. Fake hero of, worship, yeah. yeah. It's bullshit. And men who write about their kids, it's social commentary. It's all, there's all this weight put on it. But when women write about their lives, but particularly parenting, mm-hmm. it's seen as what is the value in this? And mm. I wanted to say there is inherent value in talking about your children. Not, no, talking about your children isn't right. Talking about the experience the of having experience children. of parenting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of having, having and raising children. And having raising children, whatever way that comes mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Whether you are an auntie who is, you know, helping to raise your children. When you're part of a family helping to raise children. Whether you adopt, foster, take children in, ta- have special care for the neighbour's child. You know, all these things. If we don't put value on it. What a message are we telling yeah, children that yeah. they don't matter? Like it actually, people well, think I'm being melodramatic no, when no, I say no, this, you're but not. it's really my heart is in this. Yeah, no, totally. And also, it's you know, it's one of those great, you know, levelers or whatever. Like whatever you think you've got worked out in life, you might breeze through the first day of having a kid. I would, I would doubt that. But if you do, great. You might breeze through the first year. But there are these different thing, different points for different people. Yeah. And you are gonna seriously wonder why yeah. you did it, who you are, who the yeah. fuck they are, what's happened to the world, and and yeah. everything you thought you knew about a whole lot of other stuff is gonna be challenged. And that's really powerful. And then to have that reflected in some way you and you know you've become a voice that and i guess this this is one of the huge points of of writing and you know you've become a voice people trust people respect people for all the haters and i don't like that term but it's it's become a known term but for all the disrespect for all the haters for all the people that don't value the themes that you're working on and writing about uh there are people that know that it matters mm. and you've found and are continuing to nurture a community. Mm. It's incredibly powerful. And I, and I feel really lucky because I get, you know, I hit each one of those pieces were things mm. that move me a lot. There's a piece in mm. there about going back on antidepressants mm. and I went back on anti-anxiety medication as a direct result of that piece. Mm. Like I read it and what she said, I was like, this is a lightning bolt, mm. you know, and... Like the piece about birth trauma, it had never occurred to me because I had straightforward births. Yeah. Like I found them really, you know, I would say, oh, mm. I had a hard birth with Ron and stuff like that. But then you read this and you're like, wow, this mm. is powerful stuff. And it makes you start to go, what do we have in place to support couples going through this, mm. women going through this, you know, and you start to think, this is why when I make these connections about how we treat children in a cafe, there is a long line, but it goes to abuse of children in New Zealand, you know, and people can't see any of these connections. But I think, you know, when you hear another parent's story, it makes you see them. It makes you start to think about how can that person be supported and where can those lines come. And if you see no value in children, if you see no value in parenting as a practice, or if you see no need to support people who are going through tough stuff with parenting, then you're never going to be able to see the worth in social change or, or you know, government initiatives, policy, or anything mm, that supports mm. families. Mm. You know, it's not this... We These things aren't done in a vacuum. It's mm. not done in isolation. Mm. And um, I guess what my view has always been is that I held a lot of assumptions about other parents. 
and every one of those assumptions has been blown out of the water every time I've spoken to mm. a parent. It's made me realise that when you sit and hear somebody's story, it it changes you for the rest of your life. You mm. know, there's nothing more powerful than sharing the story. And that's all I've wanted with that piece and uh, with that book, I mean. And the, the other thing that I often think is no matter what, if one day some parent years from now finds that book in their grandparents mm, <laughs> thing, mm. I wonder how much will have changed mm. and my hope is that they will read that and think how great that now we have all the support around mm, parents mm. and and I think as well you know often there's a focus on the tough stuff with parenting because simply because I talk about the tough stuff but there's a reason why parents share a million photos of their kids online, you yeah. know, and that's because you have a million times a day where you literally think, how did I get so lucky? Mm. Like, you, I mean, the kids in the, uh, in the other room filming their farts, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have perfection, yeah. those yeah. two. Yeah, You get to watch them. I mean, I remember holding Oscar when he was a baby, mm. and it's like... It's powerful. It's mm. beautiful. Like their friendship is beautiful. Like mm. if you don't, I just kind of have this thing about bring it out in the open. You get to share your photos of your kids, share your stories about your kids, share the amazing things they do, because it's beautiful. Like kids are amazing. Mm. Like you know, I just and we don't have um, to and we and we don't have to hide your joy, gosh. We don't have <laughs> no, but we don't have to. Yeah, and we don't have to. Um, you know, speak out about stuff we don't care about. So if you don't care about that, if you're not yeah. a, if you're not a parent or you're not interested in it, that's mm. that's that's fine. Yeah. But you know, uh, mm. you know, I'm being careful here because because mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna get someone's gonna tell me I'm a hypocrite mm. because I've written about all sorts of music that I technically mm. shouldn't like. <laughs> but you know, that's different. That's that's completely different. And if someone can't see that, mm. that's that's their handicap, not mine. Um, but but you know, you, you the, what I'm trying to say is this stuff's opt in. So you know, you opt into mm. these communities. Yeah. You you opt out if you don't want to be involved. Totally. You can be you can be a parent who doesn't want to share a photo of their kid. That's oh, that's, totally. that's completely yeah. valid, of course. But mm. why would you rain on the parade of someone who wants to? Mm. You know. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think I saw this great um, bio in an Instagram account, um, and she had put, "I said my baby would never be on social media, but mm. she's so cute." And I just loved it. Yeah, it's like. God, if that's, that isn't parenting, that's you know. One, that's a one-sentence like, summary for so many oh, people. <laughs> and I just think, yeah. you know, we are made to apologise for our joy in a way. Like, yeah. when, when we share stuff our kids say, then it's like, that never happened, mm. that, you know, because this idea that children can't be profound or mm-hmm. have the same meaningful things or, you know, or um, nobody wants to see 1,500 pictures of your kid. And it's like, they may not, but to this mum yeah. or this dad... This is their, they, every one of those photos looks profoundly different to that parent yeah, yeah, because yeah. they are in love. Like, yeah. you know, this. To and it's not, telling a whole story. Yeah, and to not know that for some of these people, the journey to become parents has been so fraught that they had nights where they, you know, I had nights where I would just cry. I, I thought about, um, leaving my husband so he could find somebody who could get pregnant. Like, and he's the love of my life. Like, mm. it's the st- it's heartbreaking mm. how hard it is to become a parent mm. and to stay a parent and, 
you know, and it, God, just let people yeah. have joy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to say too much about it because you, you sort of summed it up. But the, the piece that I wrote about the decision to have one child, it's like, you know, one of our one of our slight sadnesses was that there are people close to us in our lives that were pressuring us around having uh, more than one when having one was a big getting one, having one, getting to yeah. the point where we had one. Yeah. We had to overcome some obstacles, as many people do, you yeah. know, of course. And so it's like you don't want a a special hand in life because of that. You don't need to be wrapped mm. up in tissue paper and talked no. about sensitively. But that should be celebrated rather than... And so what are you going to yeah. do next? This you know, is, so what... Also, it is about celebrating mm. children, ultimately, yeah. and celebrating being a parent because... Yeah. The thing is, I heard someone say, oh, these fucking mummy bloggers, and they think every milestone is a huge deal. And I'm like, yeah, it I is. know what it's like to watch my child yeah. not be able to breathe yeah. and to be on an oxygen machine and to stand there with my husband and literally be thinking, there's no way we can live without mm. him. It's just an impossibility, you know. Mm. So, yes, every milestone is a fucking amazing thing. Like... Well, and, you know, I have friends who've lost children and it mm. never, ever leaves. Mm. And my heart is just with them. And I'm like, every milestone, life is fragile. Life isn't a given, you know. Mm. It's like, let, opt out. Yeah, if, if, yeah. If, if you're it, not keen to opt out, but yeah. let us celebrate. Yeah. These kids are like... You won't ever understand mm. unless it's, you know, and everybody thinks their child is, you know, the best thing. But yeah. thank God that they do. Yeah, I just, yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes I just kind of think, why well, begrudge somebody loving their child more than anything in the world? Because that child's going to grow up in a way that lots of people didn't. Mm. Lots of people didn't grow up with stability, with love. They grew up not feeling like they were worth anything. So every child who grows up knowing that they are loved beyond measure, that's that's a wonderful thing. Uh, last time you put the book out, I talked to you right at the start before you went on the big sort of press round and you went, did TV, radio, lots of interviews. This time, we were actually going to do this talk before again and it just didn't happen for because we're both parents and things <laughs> come up. Um, so now I've ended up talking to you when you've really done the significant press round for this book, but you mentioned at the top that you, you know, you've got a few more events and mm. some of these events have involved some of these writers who, mm. who are first-time writers or close to it. They're amateur yeah, writers, yeah. which is amazing. And what I wanted to say on that was obviously one of the things that we still hold as some sort of level of success in writing is have you put a book out or yeah, are you involved have you in been a book published? so yeah. so as as nonsense as that really is when it comes down to it because a writer is a mm. writer and, and mm, some, of the, some of the best writers I've ever read have, have never been never published, been published yeah. and they've shared things with mm. me or on their Facebook page that I think mm. are amazing um, but you have gone some way towards legitimising writing for people that possibly wondered whether they were any good or not or whether their voice deserved so. to be heard. And you have because they have, they can now share with their friends and family, hey, look, I've got a story in a book. This is my life. This is part of my life. And people reading the book are, are, are 
not daunted by the fact that oh yes, well these are great stories, but they're, they're all, experts. But they're, they're, ex, they're experts or slash they're professional writers. You know, yes, that's their job to be engaging and to, you know, so you have got some professional and and hobbyist writers and first time writers and people that have written books and or, or extensive journalism or whatever. You've got all sorts of things happening in there, but you've really legitimised the idea of writing for a lot of people I think or, or what they've really tried to get out of it so. and I really really hope so and uh, unless you've got anything else to say I really um, think it's important to to um, to thank you for this talk because you've you've really put a lot of yourself out there in this talk and I know I didn't listen to every interview you did for this new book, but I listened to a few of them, and I'm pretty sure you've shared a whole lot of stuff with me that you haven't. Yeah, it's not something uh, I've ever talked about yeah, publicly before. Yeah, and it's and and I, in fact, you know, I, I said to you before we started recording that there was no way I was going to yeah. force you to say anything you didn't want to say. You alluded to the fact that I know some of these stories and know mm. a bit more about them, so I just let you tell what you mm. wanted to say, but. I, I really feel in such a position of privilege to you know to be able to have and share this conversation because you've no doubt as you've done before you've when people hear this you've helped a lot of people you've told something very open and honest about yourself yeah well yeah. I mean it's all you hope for doesn't it isn't it that you can make life a bit easier for somebody else I don't know mm, mm. <laughs> it makes it I don't know. Yeah. I it's it's also a safe pair of hands. <laughs> We've been friends for a long true, time and are true. very close and you know, um but I appreciate I've thought a lot about is this something I would ever talk about publicly? And I don't know. It um you just want to Yeah, sometimes you take the leap and just hope that it's worth it for somebody so well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I, I mean it has been for me um just hearing you say it in your words and i know it will be for some and uh for, for plenty of people listening and um you know i think uh good luck with book number three mm. and uh and should we go do some parenting yeah let's watch that part <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> mother do you think they'll drop the bomb Mother, do you think they'll like this song? Mother, do you think they'll try to break my balls? Should I run for president? Mother, should I trust the government? 